Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hello, and welcome back to My Business Playbook. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited about this conversation. If you have ever struggled to articulate your value using words, then you're going to love this conversation because when it comes to marketing, we need to be communicating with clarity and with confidence. And so I thought, what better way to talk about this than to bring in my friend, Kristen McIntyre, who is a launch copywriter for course creators and online entrepreneurs. She writes sales pages and emails that connect with readers and convert so that her clients can open their carts feeling mega confident in their messaging and have feel good sold out launches. And the cool thing about this is that Kristen has done this for us. She worked with us for My Marketing Playbook. She wrote all of the copy for the sales page. She wrote all the copy for the emails that go out. She is incredible at what she does. And I'm so, so looking forward to this conversation. So we're going to be diving in to copywriting tips and tricks and strategies to sell out your offers. Let's dive in to my conversation with my dear friend, Kristen. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us on the show all the way from Colorado. Yeah. You're, I think, the second or third person I've interviewed from Colorado, which is crazy. I don't know. I feel like it's weird. That is so weird. That is weird. You're you're across the entire world. I know. Yeah. I know. It's really <laughs> odd. So welcome. It's good to have you here. And I'm really excited for this conversation because... Anyone who has seen what we do with My Marketing Playbook for our course, for um, the emails that we send leading up to our course, they are all written by you. And so I'm really excited to talk about copywriting and also your journey in starting your business because I know it is really inspiring. So I'm just so excited. I'm really looking forward to this conversation and you know, before we even hit record, I was like, oh crap, we need to hit record right now because we're just going to get going straight away. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. So tell us a little bit about what you do, Kristen. What what do you do and how did you start? Oh, oh boy. Okay. I start from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I was born. <laughs> no, um, I'm a launch. <laughs> I'm a launch copywriter for course creators uh, in the online space, and I started out as an English teacher. Uh, so, uh, I, and I, maybe I should back up just a pinch. I'm I'm a writer at heart. I um, always loved writing. I always loved journaling. I always loved creative, being creative with um, words. And uh, I went to school to um, major in English, and I figured I would be a teacher. So I saw that dream through, and I have a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing and started my teaching career teaching freshmen in college how to write research papers. Right. Which, right. right. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound very creative. 
Evald, you, you bet. You, you got that. Yeah, it wasn't very creative. Um, and I will say, I really did love the student interaction. And there's a piece of me that, that really enjoyed the teacher role. But um, there were so many things. I mean, being a teacher is so labor intensive. Yeah. Um, especially the folks who teach English. So there's a lot of paper grading. There's a lot of really critical thinking about the words that are in front of you and how to respond to them, uh, which is takes a tremendous amount of time. And I'm not really sure, Laura, in um, Australia, what the deal is with the, the teaching profession, but um, where I'm from, teachers are not compensated well. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, so I found myself a little bit in this dead end of wow, I always wanted to be an English teacher and now I'm an English teacher and I don't want to be an English teacher anymore. (laughs) Yes. So I did that for a few years and was really looking for um, like a meaningful pivot, uh, for lack of a better word. What else I could really do? I thought for a minute, a hot minute, that I was going to ditch the writing world altogether um, and, uh, maybe be an occupational therapist or go back to grad school for a totally different something else so that I could like afford my life, <laughs> which is a very small life, but <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, thank goodness while I was in pursuit of this new career, whatever it would be, I stumbled on copywriting and started my copywriting business. This is not even a joke. I opened doors to my business in March 2020 on the very day that (laughs) COVID-19 was declared a a global pandemic. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're the second person I've spoken to who launched their business the day. Like, was it what what was it, March 14th or something? Yeah, 14, 16, somewhere like right in there. And so talk to me about how you... You went from, at what point did you quit your job as a teacher? How did that kind of play out, that transition? Yeah, it it was a little messy. And um, I actually feel pretty grateful because it could have been much messier. But, you know, leaving a nine to five job and, you know, just flinging yourself off the cliff into entrepreneurship is, (laughs) uh, it's messy. Like there's no good way down, you know, to the bottom. You just kind of got to jump. Um, yeah. So I, I opened doors in March 2020 and was teaching and grabbing my first couple of clients. And I figured that I would actually copyright as what we call like a side hustle, right? Like just do yes. it to, to make ends meet um, or to have a little extra cash, um, go to Whole Foods once in a while. And <laughs> I ended up um, like doubling my salary from teaching within only a few months. So uh, three months into copywriting, I resigned. <laughs> I resigned. I laugh. I giggle because I still get so much joy out of this. Um, I left. <laughs> I left the teaching world and um, decided to do this thing, like for real. And wow. uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey. That is incredible. That a like you went from the security of a full on career. Like teaching is, I think for a lot of people, like teaching has, it's not just a profession, but it's, there's an identity to being a teacher. And so the idea of going, 
no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to start a business that doesn't have job security in the middle of a, at the beginning of a global pandemic. That is insane. And so then within three Mm. months, you were like, great, I can quit my job. Yeah. Um, And you're so right. There is such an identity, maybe almost to any profession that you really truly work toward. Like, I had been working toward being a teacher for a, a very, you know, a good handful of years. So to, to get there, to the other side, um, you do, you craft an identity around that for sure. Um, and then to to leave that, not for something like, it's not like a, a, a teaching adjacent job or anything. Making your own business is like the opposite of teaching like in, <laughs> in every way. <laughs> yes, because it's not... Um, it's not an ascension model, you know, like of, well, when you right. do this amount of years, then maybe you can go on to like, I don't know what you right. call it over there, but like maybe you go to a head teacher position and that means this and blah, blah, blah. Like business is just like figure it out. There is no clear roadmap to know, okay, what what happens next? Job security, what's that? <laughs> like it's like what? Totally. So yeah. I'm so curious, what was that? How did that work for you, like those moments where you were deciding to take the leap? How did that play out for you? How did you actually go, all right, this is, did you have an, a goal income in mind? Did you, how did you kind of navigate that tension of leaving the safety and security of your day job to, no, I'm going to go into this totally different field? Yeah. Um, I would love to say like some some wise uh, philosophically sound <laughs> advice like I, I you know read some books or something but um, I think it might have been just kind of <laughs> a dumb decision that worked <laughs> um, and I, I do fully understand that you know it's, it's it is a really nerve-wracking thing to leave your nine to five and leave that security especially if you have folks to provide for um, and, and go all in on a risk and build a business. Um, but I think what gave me the courage to do that was that I saw folks around me building copywriting businesses that were doing really well. And I made friends with those folks. I just was so curious what they were up to that I, I networked with them and I was chatting with them and it was somewhere in in my first only handful of months, three months or so, I got the idea in my head that I could really make it work, um, and and it, it was time to cash in the chips on that. So that's what happened. <laughs> that's so so cool. And the other thing that I think is really interesting that I want to unpack with you is from the get go you have had a different model to how other typical service providers work. And I really want to unpack that because I know for me working with you, the way that you approached how you serve people and how people can engage you, that changed how I do what we do at La La Social Club. It really did. It was like, oh my gosh, why are we doing it in this different retainer-based model? So since working with you, I've realized, oh, there's a totally different way of approaching done for you, approaching services. So can you talk to me about 
your model and your approach to how you actually deliver your copywriting services? Because I think it's super fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, So my business is a VIP offer model, which basically means that the only way to work with me is to work on a VIP basis and book me for a VIP intensive. And the VIP intensive is a copywriting service that lasts for three days, sometimes five, depending on on really the volume of copy. But um, it's a three-day service and I take four clients a month. So it's a really kind of like compact container that we do everything in, but it's super efficient. I find that my clients really love it. And I'm glad to hear, Laura, that (laughs) you really loved it. Oh, Um, gosh. Yeah. I love serving clients that way. It, and it's such a good, it's such a cool way to approach done for you because I think a lot of the, I know for me in our journey with Lala Social Club, I would get really stressed and I would feel responsible for my clients ongoing. I, I would feel this sense of, oh, like, are we doing enough? Do we need to do more? Are they getting the results they want? I, I was really getting quite you know, it was kind of keeping me up at night because I was thinking, oh gosh, we've got more and more clients. How are we servicing them? How do we make sure that we get there, the results for them? How do we keep the uh, momentum going, you know, months and months on end? And then, you know, working with you for, you wrote all of our copy for my marketing playbook. It was just so cool to see, oh, okay, great. By the end of this three days, I will have the copy done. It'll be just done and I can say, great, done, tick, move on. And it (laughs) was just such a glorious way to do it, especially for people who are busy, who want something that's high quality but don't want to have to wait months and do all the back and forth and all that stuff. It's just such an efficient way to approach done for you. So honestly, since working with you, we're like, great. We do websites in three days. We do strategies in a day. Like everything is like, great. If it can be done in a day, done in three days. Done. (laughs) We can do it. But it's just so good. And I love, I think it's just such a different way to approach serving people. And and so I really love that you did that from the get-go. It's really, really cool. I will say I, I, I found the VIP model to be something that I was super attracted to. Because in the beginning, I was working on retainer clients. Like um, the VIP thing, the VIP business model for me wasn't something that I opened my doors with, but it's something that I found pretty quickly because of all the reasons you just said. Um, And if there are any, you know, service-based businesses um, tuning in, business owners tuning in that are exhausted by retainer work um, or they find that it eats up all of their time, for some folks, the VIP offer is really, really well suited. And I'm one of those folks and it sounds like you are too. <laughs> yeah. And it's the thing of feeling like there are clear deliverables. There's an end point. There is a an expectation. And I, I like that there's kind of like, hey, the only expectation on the client is you just have to be available via email for us to just, if there are any questions or anything. It's just so, it's just, such a great approach for busy people. So if you are listening and you're a service provider and feeling like, oh my gosh, what what am I doing? Why am I 
kind of like a hamster on a wheel feeling mm-hmm. stressed. And if you're like me and you were like staying awake at night thinking about your clients going, oh my gosh, are they okay? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, and are we, are we doing everything that we should be doing? It It's such a cool approach and, and definitely something to look into. And so I want to unpack before we kind of get into, you know, the practical tips around copywriting, because I know that you have a lot around particularly launching. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what do you see as the main purpose of, of copywriting? What is the, like, what is good copywriting supposed to do? Yeah. You know, I mean, the obvious answer is that copywriting is a form of communication, right? Which is important when you think of a business owner um, and their clients, there has to be something to fill that gap. There's a gap between you and your clients. Um, yes. what, what fills that gap? And, and really copywriting is the main, the main thing. There, there are other things, but the main thing that fills the gap between you and your clients is copywriting. So, so in many, you know, in, in most regards, you can think of copywriting almost as the lifeblood of your business. <laughs> you, your business can't exist without it. Um, but I'd really also like to go maybe one layer deeper. It's not just about communicating. It's really about being empathetic to your, your, your audience, your client base. It's about yeah. understanding your reader, right? That's, that's the copy's job is to understand the reader, to know the reader, and to kind of guide them toward a solution to their problems. Um, so yeah, I mean, at its essence, your copy really does connect you in a really meaningful way to your audience. Yeah, so, so true. And I do believe that, you know, I think particularly in marketing, at the end of the day, I think it's the best communicator that wins. So it's the person who can connect and communicate in a way that, like you say, like is empathetic and resonates and really speaks in the the prospect's language. That is how you – that's kind of how you win, <laughs> I think. Totally. And, it's, and so I think a lot of people – I think a lot of people when it comes to writing – think, oh, okay, I'm just going to explain what my service is or explain what my product is. And, you know, if people have questions, they're going to ask me questions, you know, they'll, they'll reach out and ask me questions or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, they it's, won't, they won't, they won't do that. And it's so much more than that as well. So I think, yeah, it's so, I love the idea of it being empathetic as well. So can you explain like how, how do we, when we're thinking, if someone listening is DIYing their copy, uh, how does someone really put themselves in their customer's shoes? Like how does someone empathize with their customer? Do you have any tricks for how to do that? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and this is a big part of um, launch copywriting, which is which is something that I'm so interested in. Um, in order to know your clients, you have to talk to them, right? You have to um, send them surveys, you have to jump on the phone with them, you have to um, poll them, chat with them. It's a two-way communication street. So you fundamentally cannot understand your audience if you're not listening to them. Um, So 
Again, the, the main ways that I listen as a launch copywriter is, is through asking questions. Um, so, <laughs> you know, if you want to know how your folks talk about themselves or what it is that they're actually struggling with or what the heck they actually want, <laughs> um, <laughs> usually, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I, I know my audience wants this thing, right? I know that they want uh, a new website. Well, if you talk to them, you might find out that they don't really want a new website. They want um, maybe to get clients from their website. They want, you know, their clients to click the buy button on their homepage. You know, those are the things that they want. So you can see the nuanced difference between saying, well, I can get you a new website and saying, well, you know, work with me and we'll increase your traffic uh, or your client acquisition Um Again, I kind of went off the rails there, but <laughs> no, I love talking that. to folks. Yeah, yes. asking, and that makes so much sense. And even from your advice, Kristen, like I've jumped on the phone with with past students, with past clients, to just be like, "What's been the best thing that you've you've seen come out of working with us? And what's something we could do differently, or what's something that we could add into our service that would make it m- more valuable for someone like you?" And those kind of conversations are so helpful, not just because they give you like great ideas, but also you get the language of what words they use, right? And you kind of get a sense of, oh, that's how they articulate it. And maybe I'm talking about the same thing, but if I'm talking in different words, there's a disconnect, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, In the copy world, we call that sticky copy when the client says something that's just like, oh, that's what you need and what you mean. Okay, I'm going to take that line that you just said and I'm going to plunk it in a headline because it's that good. Yes. Um, yeah, you get lots of sticky copy when you chat on the phone with folks. Yes. And some people do feel a little bit allergic to phone calls. And if you do feel allergic to phone calls, I totally get it. But also another thing that's great is the Instagram voice messages are awesome as well. Like yes. just, just getting them because I think people write things in a review or in an email or in a message differently to how they say them so you can hear more of the tone and more of the I don't know the nuance of of what they're kind of wanting to achieve I guess yeah absolutely and and folks are I think yeah just to piggyback off that I think folks are much less um, likely to filter their answer when they're just chatting with you uh, rather than they have to actually compose a text, right? Or compose an answer to a question. Um, And I will say too, this is just reminding me, my uh, client I worked with last week, she she's an incredible course creator and she has a really fabulous business um, that does extremely well. Uh, I think she did a million in revenue last year. She's just yeah, blowing wow. up. She's so yes. cool. Um, and she is somebody who continuously chats with her folks. So sometimes we think about like voice of customer as just being a, a one-time interview and then you have your messaging and you're done forever. It's really <laughs> this evolving, um, really neat evolving process to continuously chat with people and build relationships, right? At the end of the day businesses are built on good relationships. Um, Yeah, those things are really important to messaging and copy and business. (laughs) (laughs) 
Totally. And so you, so Kristen, you're a launch copywriter. And for anyone listening, can you actually just explain what a like what is launching? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and maybe it'll be helpful to chat about launching and marketing uh, to draw yes. some different lines. Um, so, launching is a tactic of marketing that usually happens periodically when you have maybe a new offer to reveal or like a new program that you're enrolling folks in, something new is going on that you want to tell folks about. Um, So by its nature, launching is a short-term marketing plan that's really centered around your offer and bringing folks to that offer. Whereas marketing is a long-term plan that grows your business and has you continuously kind of chat with folks and grow your authority in this space, right? Yeah. Um, so so they, they have many similarities overall marketing and launch marketing, uh, but the, the launch is contained to a shorter period of time that you're opening doors maybe to, to a new offer. Um, so in many regards, you can't actually have a successful business without marketing, right? You need to market your business. But you can have a successful business without, uh, you know, quote unquote, launching. Launching is is an elevated marketing strategy to help you sell a new offer. Yes, that is such a good way of explaining the kind of difference between the two things. So for someone who is you know, thinking about copy and thinking about their marketing and really wanting to get more kind of people through their doors and more people thinking about their product or service. Is there a different approach for launch copywriting as opposed to brand copywriting or content writing or writing for your website? What's the kind of difference there? Yeah, yeah. There certainly is a difference. Um, It's a little bit nuanced and I'm going to say – I, I'm very biased. I'm going to tell you I'm very biased <laughs> right up front. Um, but I think that launch copywriting is the most strategic type of copywriting that you can do. It has the most strategy involved in it. Mm. Um, again, I'm going to, uh, I have some website copy friends who will, would definitely throw down the gauntlet on this one. But um, <laughs> since it's just me and you, we'll go with it. <laughs> I, yep. Done. <laughs> uh, but there is there is a phenomenal uh, amount of strategy that goes into launch copy because you have to think through some of the stuff we already covered uh, and we're just chatting about. Um, you have to think through what exactly your audience needs in light of your offer, right? Um, what they need, what they desire, and how you can position your your product to fill that um, pain point, right? To, to, to solve that problem for them. And then um, you can use your brand voice, which as you were just mentioned, uh, brand copy, to help you say that in a way that feels authentic to you. Um, so you can, you can use that kind of brand copy to help make your launch copy feel really authentic, but your launch copy is not the same as your website copy. Um, it has a job to do within that kind of launch window. So you have to kind of usher folks through the door, uh, send them the, show them the right messages in the right time frame, um, so that they can make a decision on if your offer is right for them or not. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's like the purpose of the launch copy is to get them to take a single action 
whereas a web- website copy could be checking out your services or checking out your about page or booking a phone call or, you know, buying products. So I guess there's a – it's more, uh, I guess, focused on one action. Yeah, yeah. And and you can see they all kind of – they do dovetail into each other a little bit. Um, we can actually call, like, if you're booking if – you, if you want your clients to book a call, a discovery call on your website homepage – that is like a, a conversion that you're after. In the launch proper, you are after that really one hyper-specific conversion, which is to convert folks into your course or product. And I will say that the more I sit with this word conversion, uh, the, the more I dislike it. And <laughs> I, I want to say the goal of the copy that I write is not to... It's truly not to convert anybody. I I really don't like that word. We're really just giving folks all the tools they need to decide if that program is right for them or not, right? We don't want to convert folks into the program if it's not right for them. That's nobody wins. (laughs) 100%. Yes. And I think that's a really good point around the, the ethics of copywriting as well, right? Because there are so many... There are so many people, you know, on running Facebook ads and and creating programs and courses that have a really beautiful offer and something that truly helps people. And at the same time, there are also, unfortunately, people who don't necessarily do the right thing and and deliver what they're saying they're going to deliver. And so there's this... It's a tricky one because there is this ethical consideration that we need to make and and this is the thing I think where I have loved working with you, Kristen, because my natural bent is to kind of undersell because I'd rather over-deliver and go, oh, I don't want to say make all these promises and then not deliver on those promises. So it's it's this funny thing of I think a lot of people with really great offers – are leaving money on the table, A, but also not helping the people they really want to help because they're not communicating clearly enough, they're not communicating confidently, and then at the same time there are some people who communicate way too confidently (laughs) and it's kind of like snake oil a little bit, you know. So (laughs) it's such a hard tension I think especially as creatives, I think especially uh, like – I see it a lot more with women that we kind of go, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough yet. I, I don't want to promise that yet. I don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. And then it means that we sell ourselves short mm. and also don't – we kind of sell our customers short by not communicating clearly enough, you know. So right. what would you say to someone who feels like, Oh, I have an offer, but I don't know how to confidently sell it. Or who mm. feels uncomfortable with that? What What would you say to someone who feels like that? You know, I think that we get really turned off. I mean, this is not an original thought, but we get really turned off by uh, we're we're so afraid to to be salesy, right? We're so yeah. afraid to make these huge, ridiculous change your life in just two hours, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
that doesn't feel good. That feels yuck. And and that's why marketing or copywriting in general might make some people like it makes their skin crawl a little bit. Um, and for good reason, because I, I forget which superhero this tagline is from, but it's almost like with great power comes great responsibility, you know? Yes. If, if you're going to um, practice marketing, uh, there, there is a responsibility to your clients to do so in a really ethical way. And again, I always come back to that. Um, I always come back to we really want to give them all the tools they need to decide if this is truly right for them or not. So if you if you can kind of reframe your job rather than I need to sell my offer as your job is really to give folks all the information they need to decide if this program is for them or not, then that starts to feel better, right? You get to tell them about your offer guarantee. You get to tell them what's inside the course. You get to tell them what you're going to help them achieve. And they can take it or they can leave it. And that is perfectly okay. So it's a lot of reframing um, and and stepping into that kind of with great power comes great responsibility role. Peter Parker. We're all Peter Parkers. Peter Except for not the um, Toby Maguire version, we're the new version. But <laughs> <laughs> because that one, I don't know. Do we like um, Kirsten Dunst? I don't know if we do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to put that out there, and you know, people can decide for themselves. Right. So <laughs> we'll take a poll. Yeah. We'll take a poll on that one. <laughs> so, having said all of that, what do you think? You know, for for someone listening who is thinking about a launch and is kind of thinking, okay, cool, I need to frame my offer as a launch. If you could strip it down to the key essentials that every good launch really needs, what would they be? It's such a great question. And you can see folks today doing these really fancy, elaborate launches, right? Maybe you have paid ads, you can um, have a challenge, you can host a webinar, you can host three webinars, you can, you know, <laughs> you can do all of these things, you can have five different sequences going. And, and that can be quite intimidating to somebody who's just launching their offer for the first time. And that's so understandable, because knowing all the things that goes go into a really big launch, yeah, they're a ton of work. <laughs> yeah. But truly, truly, um, they don't have to be. Uh, the the two, if you want to do what we kind of call a lazy launch, which is just kind of selling without all the bells and whistles, you can really do that with a solid sales page and some emails to your folks. Like those are the only two assets that you truly need if it's a beta offer or a founding members kind of round of your course or product, you sometimes don't even need a fancy sales page. You can do outreach really personally, you know, and invite folks into your, your program with just a checkout page. So yeah. uh, I'm here to debunk <laughs> that you need to have all the bells and whistles. I say do your launch with some emails and a sales page and, and, and then add on something cool next time. Oh You're going to launch again and again. Yeah. And that's the thing I, I've learned. We launched our first course in, 
it would have been May or June of 2020. So in the middle of the pandemic, we had no idea what we were doing. I I was hosting (laughs) webinars every week and I was just drinking a glass of wine, having a chat really. And honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. And we did this crazy launch, but we had, we we didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) We were like, we don't know how to create urgency. We don't know how to, you know, communicate. And and I'm in marketing and I still was like, I don't know how to communicate the value of this effectively. And it's something that we've launched again and again, and we've had to iterate and refine and you know, it's, and then we engaged you to help us even more to make it really, really targeted and clear. So it's one of those things Mm -hmm. where I think people think you see an ad or something on Instagram of someone going, I launched and I made, you know, $70,000 and it was easy. And that (laughs) makes me so annoyed because I'm like, me too. it's not easy. It's hard work. And, yeah. and it's something you can learn, but it takes refining. It takes time, you know. So if you're listening and you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, I, I feel like I, <laughs> I'm a failure if I don't make tens of thousands of dollars, it just cut yourself some slack. <laughs> it is yes. a process. Yeah, it is. And, and there's so many kind of things that go into launching and really, truly, like, I think you hit the nail on the head too, Laura, you you really learn by doing. So you go oh, yeah. out there, you have your first launch. And and maybe I'm even a, a good example. I'm um, working on my first program now. And I'm going to launch it. But I'm, I don't really I don't have a humongous audience. I don't have an ads budget. You know, I am going to do this kind of yeah. a scrappy way with some emails and a sales page, and I'm going to get some folks through the door, and then we're going to take it from there. And next time, something will be bigger and better. And that feels much, much, much more doable to um, the launch newbie like me, even though I write these things oh, yeah. for a living. <laughs> yes. And I think that's such a good point when we see, you know, these experts doing it, what feels like it's seamless. Even the other week I had to, I saw Amy Porterfield's launch and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. Like I saw all, I saw her ads and was like, I've got to remind myself she has a team of 20 people. She is the pro at this. Like this is literally her whole thing. And I, it, it takes, there are moments where I'm like, how the heck do we do this? Like, (laughs) but it is, it's this, okay, well, what can I do with the information that I have, the experience that I have and do the best that I can with that intel. And right. And then the next launch we do it better. The next time we we change things up. You know, there there are things from our last launch that we did that I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we'll never do that again." Totally right. fine. Good to t- yeah. <laughs> try it out and see what happens, you know? So I think yeah. this idea of I think everyone understands that overnight success doesn't really happen, but I think secretly we still want it to happen. Right. <laughs> Right. And that's why there will always be somebody selling overnight success. And you're going to see that ad and go, oh, that feels a little icky. <laughs> but should I buy it? Should but, I buy You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still do want it, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, it's so true. And I think the, the thing with Instagram, the thing with 
all the ads and and the fact that everyone has a phone, everyone has access to share their thing that they're working on or their thing that they that's worked for them that they want to teach other people. It's so what you said, Kristen, like with great power comes great responsibility and we need to we need to have confidence in what we're doing, but I also think the confidence comes from testing it with mm-hmm. real life people and so that you can really bank on, okay, cool, I know this has worked, I've seen it work right. and then you can go big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it it might help too to to you know remind yourself that really at the heart of launching a digital course or a new offer is really just it's you, your offer and your audience. And if you can talk to those folks and communicate clearly and this is where your copy comes in communicate clearly that you can help them solve the problem, one problem that they have with this offer. Like that's the crux. You can, again, yeah, add all the bells and whistles later, but always come back to chatting with your people, making sure that offer can help them. And um, you're set up for, for success, you know, no matter what that looks like. Yeah, that makes so, so much sense. So For small business owners or service providers who don't really have the budget to outsource to a copywriter yet and they're thinking, okay, cool, I want to make some tweaks to my existing copy or to my offer or my sales page or whatever, what are the biggest mistakes that you see that that we should be avoiding? Mm. I think the top one that comes to mind that I see all the time and folks don't even know they're doing it. (laughs) I always tell my clients, and I mean this in the very sweetest way possible, but I always tell my clients, stop talking about yourself in your copy. Yeah. Um, We naturally use the pronoun I all the time when we're speaking and it filters right into our copy But it means that your copy is usually focused on you. And I mean, again, in the sweetest way possible, your ideal clients don't really don't really want to know about you. They want to know how your offer can help them solve their problem and get to where they want to go. So um, even in a tiny example to make this more tangible for folks. Like you can say something on your sales page, like, and this is very typical, you know, in module one, I'm going to reveal my 10 point plan to X, Y, Z, right? But that's still about you. You're doing the revealing. You're going to deliver the plan. So a very simple tweak you can make is to change that to in module one, you'll learn how to xyz in 10 quick points right so you take that you and you make that the subject of the sentence and that was like such a little quick little lesson but um truly go to your website right now and see where you can switch that i subject to a you and and it makes all the difference it's a really powerful tweak beyond something like that like um kind of just stop talking about yourself and what really shift talking about your reader um, I always suggest to folks to make, if you're going to DIY your copy and you're not a copywriter, I would find a copywriter you trust and grab a template from them or grab some sort of tool to help you because staring at the blank screen 
can really scare people, right? You just get into analysis paralysis and you have no idea what the strategy is. <laughs> um, so if you're going to DIY, start with a template. You can you don't have to stick with that template. You can change that again later. You can make it feel like you, you know, down the road as you kind of grow. But yeah, don't be ashamed to start with a template and then call me later. Yes. <laughs> and that was going to be my next question because for someone who is like, okay, I don't want to DIY. How can people actually work with you and what types of projects are you, like is your sweet spot? Yes. Okay. I love this. So if you are launching a digital course or a digital product and you're looking for a copywriter to kind of take you beyond that template so that you have copy that truly connects with your, your audience, um, head over to my website. It's mcintyrecopy.com and you can fill out an application for a launch copy VIP intensive. Your application will hit my inbox and I'll get back to you super quick because I'm an inboxaholic. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the second uh, the second plug I'll, I'll make quickly is if you are a copywriter and you are wanting to learn more about launch copy and launch copy strategy, head over to Instagram and shoot me a DM, shoot me a follow. Um, I'm at Kristen.McIntyre. And I have some really exciting things in the works and a program to teach copywriters how to write launch. Oh my gosh. And I know that I've already shared this, but Kristen has worked with us on our launches and refined what we've done to make it really, um, I would say like impactful and pointed. Like I felt like before I was talking to everyone and in turn kind of speaking to no one. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you helped me to bring it right back to this is about the person that I like as if we're sitting across from someone having a coffee and talking about, hey, this is what we do and this is how we can help you. Mm. And even those simple little tweaks of reframing because I I did do that. I was like in this module I'm going to talk you through X, Y, Z. And just that one simple reframe has made a huge difference. And it's also changed the way that I write captions, the way that I write for the rest of our content as well, because it's like, oh, right. It's got to be about them because they don't really care about me. So, right. <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, <laughs> it's sad, sad, but anyway, <laughs> they don't. So I love, love, love anyone who's listening and you don't want to DIY, definitely reach out to Kristen and we're going to pop links in the show notes. But Kristen, you also have a little freebie for our friends who are listening. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we wrap up? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, If you are writing a sales page, which is kind of the chief copy asset for your launch, secrets uh, are out. If you have a solid sales page, you have the messaging for your entire launch. So if you um, are struggling to write your sales page or you you wrote one and you're not really sure that you love it, uh, grab my free... Uh, PDF guide. There's lots of examples in there. It's 10 top tips to make your sales page irresistible. Um, Some things in there you don't want to overlook. Incredible. Okay. Well, we're going to pop a link to that incredible, wonderful guide in our show notes and also links to your socials and to your website as well. But thank you so, so much, Kristen, for joining us. It has been a true pleasure and I'm so excited for everyone listening to start to just implement those little tweaks and also start rethinking about the way that you approach done for you services. If you are a service provider, 
I'm sure, like, hit up Kristen and chat about the VIP day thing because it's super, super fun. But yes, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for joining us, Kristen. You are a wizard. Thank you so much for having me. And you're so right. If you if you are into, th- we're curious about a VIP model, shoot me a DM. I love, I'm obsessed with VIP days and VIP intensives. They totally changed my business. So I can't wait to chat. <laughs> yes, the best. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. I hope that you found that super helpful. Now, remember, if you loved this episode, please leave us a review or better yet, share it with your business buddies. I love hearing from you on Instagram. So make sure you send me a DM or a screenshot of you listening to this. As always, the music from today's episode is by my wonderful friend, Jake Scott. You can listen to him on Spotify or Apple Music. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you back here, same time, same place. Go get them.